I'm going to be staring at that thing all show. That gift. Oh. Test my willpower. I think so. This is going to test my willpower as I stare at that thing the entire time. In fact, I'm just going to put it, I'm going to put it right here. Why don't you put it out of sight? Yeah, let's look at it during the show. Because <laughs> I have let's a task just... coming up for you on the show. Oh, well, let's get the stuff out of the way. The, uh, well, let's... How about we hit Are the we theme? rolling? How about we hit Well, the we're GL Podcast oh, yeah. number 54, November 30, 2018. It was 17 below on this day in 1964. Man, hockey practice was cold outside that day. I'll say. It was 62 degrees on this day in 1922. You better get to Fratelloni's this weekend. Big snowstorm coming. This podcast brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware Stores. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic. With Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop, here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. Hey now! Apparently my hangover tomorrow is going to be brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. Oh, Wasn't that nice of Mike? How about that? Apparently Mike has uh, brewed a little of his own uh, rye whiskey, and he has, uh, was kind enough to share it with some of our crew here. I think not, not that we drank it. I mean, he no, was, no, no, no. She still remains sealed, and I will monitor. Right. But I, what was funny we, uh, is, when, are we held back by FCC rules or? Are, yeah, I think we are. Okay, we are on the podcast, because that's different from radio, even though I wouldn't anyway. Hey, next year, when we fill out the forms about, did you get any gifts from advertisers? Yeah. Do we got to say uh, Fratz brought over some of, his, some of his own rye whiskey? Nah. I don't think so. Nah. I don't think no, so. because it's brand new, and I don't think it has any value yet until we open it. Rookie, how is your New Zealand accent? Ooh, uh, how much different is that from I walk about? I, I would accept that. I, I might. How good is <laughs> How good is your Irish accent? Oh, let me tell you. Okay. Later on in the podcast. Oh, no. I will be calling on you uh, for an assignment. Yeah, what about? I read an amazing story okay. uh, about a fellow uh, uh, who had a speech problem and, and cured it uh, in a curious way. And I thought of you instantly. And so uh, later in the podcast, I'll, I'll present that with you. And then later in the podcast. Is this something I should be worried about? No, or? not at all. Hmm. Later in the <clears throat> podcast, a Patrick Royce alert. Uh, he has two new stories about Fulda. You are terribly excited about this. Well, he called me last night and he was giggling and uh, <laughs> chortling. Like, hey. I think he was chortling. <laughs> he was chortling, chuckling, and giggling. Which, and I which said, all "Save it for one." Sounds like this. <laughs> I said, "Save it for the air." So it'll be today later in the podcast when we do our sports segment with Patrick Royce. He has two new uh, stories about Richard, I, and they caused him to chuckle. Rook, just because you know your guy over there pretty well. Last night I get a text from the mayor. Hey, yep. put this up on the Twitter sphere immediately. Yes. Meaning, uh, tune in for Royce today. And right. it was at the time where I was putting boys to bed. I don't care. Two minutes later, hey, where wake is it? up. Where is it? Get this where out it? there. Yeah. Where is my it? My bad waiter. <laughs> I, uh, my bad waiter. I can tell you, um, my interaction with uh, Mr. Souchere sure. is, you know, when he wants to talk to me, he wants to talk. I, I won't say what we're talking about. We were talking about a subject. And he said, um, uh, blah, blah, blah. That was at 7.25 p.m. Mm-hmm. when he texted me. And I didn't have my phone with me. At 7.31 p.m., talk to me. 7.32 p.m., talk to me. 
So at that point, at that point, I let him go a little wow. bit, going, he really, and then I eventually texted him back. Oh, did you me. need something? Yeah, I'm sorry. Did you, uh, you need something from me or what's going on, bro? You're a bad waiter. That's you really just, are. It's just how it is. Yeah, just a minute. That's, you're good. Verifying that. Trust, but verify. Trust, but verify. Hey, Say, sp- speaking of that, we have a fairly large announcement that's coming on the show on Monday in right. regards to an upcoming event. Oh. Uh, we'll tease it this way. How's that sound? All right. Our friends over at uh, Summit Brewing. Is that a done deal now? Let's just put, let's just put it this way, Braz. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just circle Friday, December 21st? I mean, listeners can circle that. And yeah. possibly attend this. Is that correct? There's uh well, let's just say we got things in the works. All right. But uh that's Friday, a, December twenty first. We're All talking right. the Friday before Christmas. All right, man. That's gonna be that's, a festival. That's, that's fine. Day. Can we now pay attention, please? A uh, heads up, both of you, uh, for an email from Stacy, the GL geologist. A six point six uh earthquake in Anchorage. There are tsunami warnings. Six point six. Six point six is uh, sh- uh, shaking the buildings in Anchorage, Alaska. So pay attention. Heads up for wow. a uh, an email from Garage Logic's own geologist, Stacy. Let's return to the uh, insidious attempt by not very bright St. Paul City Council people to undo the works of art from the early 30s that are in the city council chambers. If not undo them, uh, create some means to... Uh, by which they can offer examples of their virtue and tell us that we should be offended by these. Right. Uh, let's let's go back to that topic. There's a number of uh, uh, people weighing in, including uh, the chief offsite correspondent, uh, Kelsey, uh, who there's a reason he's the chief offsite correspondent. Joe, the leftists on the city council are too stupid or too lazy to do some research into the history behind those murals that they want removed. The artist is John Norton, who is famous for his depiction of the working man and very active on the Chicago scene during the early 20th century. Didn't I tell you these were commonly seen yes. in public buildings around the country at that time? When Art Deco was right, He was popular. inspired by noted Mexican artist Diego Rivera, who was a fervent Marxist. You'd think the city council people would love that. An atheist and regarded as one of the greatest muralists of all time. Norton was also involved with visiting... Uh, I'm sorry, Norton was also involved with visiting with and promoting the works of Hopi Indian artists in the American Southwest. Uh, so much so, so much for being anti-Indian. Uh, read this paragraph about why he painted the subject matter contained in the St. Paul City Council murals. Hardly the words of an evil white man bent on disparaging Native Americans, but rather promoting the workers who built the city. There is a fighting chance that he was much more politically aligned with the commies on today's city council than the average listener to your podcast. In essence, they are banishing the works of one of their own. This is a paragraph from a larger biography of the artist John Norton that he has also linked me to. Okay. The dual panels prove to be an aesthetically uh, revisions in design. Uh, the old South. Uh, well, I have to. I'll stop right there. Uh why? Uh, despite Kelsey being the chief offsite correspondent, the paragraph he wanted me to read did not print uh, properly, so I cannot read it. Uh, oh shoot! But I can find it and have it some other time. All right. Would you like me to look for it or no? No. Okay. Because I'll continue. Uh, uh, Mark writes. While I have been meaning to drop you an email attempting a link, the topic of removing the art at the courthouse has moved me to action. The link occurred to me as I was reading a gentleman in Moscow, page 144, quote, 
Because the Bolsheviks, who were so intent upon recasting the future from a mold of their own making, would not rest until every last vestige of his Russia had been uprooted, shattered, or erased. If you substitute the word Mysterians for Bolsheviks and America for Russia, Russia, I believe you will have a link, albeit an amateur one. Thanks to you and your crew for the show. Good luck. Read. I think he's offering another quote from a gentleman in Moscow because it's ringing a bell. I will need a good bottle of booze, complete confidentiality in a week to get you the $500. <laughs> uh, okay, this is from Bert. Joe, as I've said for years, the social progressive liberalism would devolve into a form of fascism. I know this is extreme and hopefully ridiculous, but eventually this gets into Pol Pot territory. That is, destroy everything and start at year zero. If good folks continue to play along with this nonsense, taking down St. Paul's artwork in the city courthouse, it will continue to get worse. I believe part of this comes from a generation of people who have not been taught history and the concomitant critical thinking. Those, the old, those who ignore history story. Uh, and also, if you don't like that artwork, don't look at it. All right. Right. Uh, this is from a frequent contributor, Downing, who has also done some good work on this. Yes. Uh, you know... Uh, you noted a sense of onward and moving forward in the artwork under discussion. I believe what the artists and public officials wanted to depict was progress. Well, that's I think that was the word I was after, yeah. progress. But Downing also provides this. <sighs> There's nothing new, yet we continue to ignore history and refuse to learn from it. Remember the story of the German Rathskeller-themed cafeteria at the Minnesota Capitol? Mm-hmm. Famed architect Cass Gilbert himself put it in his winning capital design. As the Minnesota Historical Society website tells us, a German theme was appropriate. We don't need the foghorn. Okay. A German theme was appropriate in 1905 because Minnesota's 361,000 Germans were the largest group of foreign-born immigrants in the state. When it opened that year, the Capitol Rathskeller served as a full-service restaurant, and true to the Rathskeller tradition, the walls bore 29 painted mottos in German. Hmm. Twelve years after it opened, Governor J.A.A. A. Bernquist ordered the mottos painted over as anti-German fervor swept the state during World War I. In 1930, Governor Theodore Christensen ordered them restored, but temperance leaders lobbied successfully to have three of them altered. For instance... Better be tipsy than feverish became temperance is a virtue of men. In 1937, the Rathskeller was converted into a cafeteria. A serving line replaced some of the dining area, and over the ensuing years, the mottos again disappeared. Over the next six decades, the capital Rathskeller lost its German character and acquired many layers of new paint. According to a story in the Star Tribune, the walls were literally whitewashed. The walls were whitewashed in 1917 in the German backlash during World War I, but in 1999, the original artwork was replicated and the room restored to its original appearance. Okay. Let's recap, writes Downing. We started by spending money for public artwork that we were proud of and which reflected who we were. Then we decided it was offensive. Not once, but twice. First, because we hate German-Americans, then because we hate alcohol. So we spent money to cover it up, then alter it. Finally, we decided those earlier versions of us were ignorant, foolish, intolerant, etc. So modern, enlightened Minnesotans decided we should spend a bunch more public money to restore it to the way it was originally, and we pat ourselves on the back for restoring history. 
If we can now overlook two world wars and the anti-alcohol fever that led to prohibition and enjoy the capital Rathskeller for the wonderful work of art that it is, we can only hope that someday cooler heads will prevail and people will appreciate the artwork in the City Hall Courthouse for what it is. A snapshot in time of our history and how we saw it, but not the whole story. I just wonder how much our grandchildren will spend on the restoration. Isn't that a great point? Very Isn't nice, that a great David. point? Yes. Isn't that a great point? And then he uh, linked me to uh, a piece from the Minnesota Historical Society, uh, uh, which begs a question that Reavers must uh, weigh in. Okay. Uh, we were at Summit Brewing, uh, Brewing the other day. Yes. Uh, for reasons you you might hear more about on Monday. Uh, in any event, Appreciate we— Appreciate the invite. Yep. We did ask you, and you said, I got to get a kid. I got to get a kid. I didn't know you were going to a brewery. I would have left the kid on the street. Let me finish. (laughs) This story from the Minnesota Historical Society in Mm -hmm. Downing makes it quite clear that it's a Rathskeller, R-A-T-H. Yes. The room we assembled in at Summit is called a Ratskeller. The Ratskeller. No H. Mm -hmm. I don't know which is right. Could you please look it up? I'm looking at Mm Ratskeller right now. It's at Summit. It's called the Rat Skeller. But I want to know: is that is that just an affectation of Summit? Rat Skeller is a name in German-speaking countries for a bar or restaurant located in the basement of a city hall. Well, then, then what's at the state capitol? Let's call it the city hall, for example. It's tantamount to a city hall. All right, public Rath. building. Why, Rath. Is, why is that being called Rathskeller? A Rathskeller is the name in German-speaking countries for a... Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Uh, Don't make me put on. coins in, please. Rathskeller is a product of Germany deriving from two German nouns. Hmm. It's not really giving me a clear definition. Uh, Were you provided a clear definition for the word Rat skeleton. Yes, that one we we have cleared up. That's a that's a saloon in the basement of a public building. It looks like they almost mean the same thing though, because this one on Miriam Webster, Wrath Skeller, mm-hmm. also describes it as usually a basement tavern or restaurant, which is exactly what what that is at the Capitol. Mm-hmm. And a rat skeller looks like it has the same definition. Well, then maybe it's just personal choice. Hey, potato, potato. I guess. Rathskeller. Just say it real fast, and then it doesn't really matter which. By the Rathskeller. way, if you haven't been over to the Ratskeller at Summit, <clears throat> that's a neat spot. Their uh, tap room is great. Um, I have been there for the Father's Eve event that I usually MC, nice. which we had it at Summit, mm-hmm. and that is a fantastic. It's just a fantastic location. Yeah, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, do yourself a favor. Yeah, try the. Um, that, was, that, was I right? Yeah, that can be done. Yeah, yeah. Try the uh, the one twenty shilling when you're there. Shilling as in coin. Whole my lantern. Very tasty. That really? A, I have not. Uh, it's a uh, scotch ale. Back to a chief officer. Oh, why, why didn't you guys <laughs> draw out no. that that's what you were, I mean. Here's where you yes, got turned off. could have sat on the counter at the We the tree said line. meeting and you immediately went, nope. Yeah, I don't want to do a meeting. Out. Well, I got news for you. <laughs> you missed it. Damn it. Uh, back to chief offsite correspondent Kelsey. Uh, regarding the woman who named her daughter A, B, C, D, E. Oh, yes. Absidy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I told you this once before, but it's still a good story, Kelsey notes. My sister taught elementary school just outside Philadelphia about 25 years ago. 
She had a kid in class with the name. Oh, no. <laughs> no. No. Come on. S H I T H E A D. And it was pronounced Shafid. Not in my book. In fact, you gave me that name a couple years ago, and it had a different twist to it. <laughs> oh, come Sh- on. Shafid. I trust Kelsey. That's why he's the chief offside correspondent. He wow. didn't make this no, up. No, no, no. His name is Shathid. Spelled S one word, S-H-I-T-H-E-A-D. Can we use that on the show? We just did. <laughs> For a while there, I thought that was my middle name. I vowed, I vowed, hey. to, I vowed to do a, essentially a profanity-free podcast. Oh. I, I see no reason to no. be vulgar, but that's the kid's name. Oh. S-H-I-T-H-E-A-D. Shathid. Oh Not working God. for General Mills or 3 oh I don't think so. That's my prediction. How do you put that on your name tag when oh. you're the third assistant you know? shift leader at Arby's? And, you know, usually, uh, you know, Matthew is shortened to Matt. Yeah. You know? Hey! <laughs> <laughs> this is shortened hey, to S-H-I-T-H-E-A-D. <laughs> then, well, I'm not you done. The... I'm not done. Oh, Go. my God. Uh, she had a kid in class with the name Shathid. Yep. Uh, that class also had a Ralston, Robitussin, Mercedes, B. William, and Chesteroni. Oh, my God. Just something I put on my chest and then a pizza. <laughs> wow. Chesteroni. Chesteroni is good. It's an Italian dish. Tylenol yeah. like and Advil. Pepperoni nipples. <laughs> That's what we call Chesteroni. I don't doubt this for a moment, oh, by the way. Oh, God, no. You named your kid Shahid. Shahid. Wow. You're not really eliminating the T, though, with that pronunciation. Nope, 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 you're not. You're not. Well, I guess you are. Yes, you are. You are assigning it to the second syllable. Shahid. I'm sorry, I'm pronouncing it wrong. Shahid. So, sh, S-H-I, and then T-H-E-A-D. Shahid. 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 But I think the best point that was raised is, how do you shorten it? Everybody, what every, the hell is your every nickname? Buddy, you know, his first, his first grade buddy's going to shorten it up. But oh, hey, man, yeah. Yeah. that's a shame. Um, uh, back to the world of nature. Did yes, you see I love nature. Stacy's latest, the GL geologist. No, I told just you to be in. alert. Did it just come in? Seven point Where? Southern Anchorage? Alaska. Wow. Uh, let's find out where it just says Southern Alaska. I think it's, yeah, it's, it's in Anchorage. There's stuff on social media about, about it. eight miles North of Anchorage. Yeah. Well, we're the only podcast that, that is, has its own illustrator and we're the only podcast that has a geologist, mm-hmm. but we also have the lake detective and we're certainly due for a lake detective session. I would say next week and, uh, you're in charge. I will do that. I will do that because I owe him, uh, I have to bring back his net and two waiters. He helped uh, Gabe with a science experiment. All right, let me on, check uh, something. Stormwater ponds. Let me check something on my sheet here. Sheet. Your sheet. Yes, my thanks. Sheet. sheet. My sheet. Check your sheet. All right. This is just fantastic. <laughs> two E's on that one. Two E's on that one. You got that sheet? Yeah, I got it. You're good. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Suchere. This stooge? This is the stooge. (laughs) Which is his nickname. (laughs) 
Yeah, Stacy weighed in as I predicted. She's calling that a big shaker up in Alaska. Wow. Mm-hmm. So the tsunami is that's pretty serious tsunami. If it if it comes back to, to the chief offside correspondent, Kelsey. The left is eating themselves again. Twice in a week, they have been forced to attack members of protected classes to make a point. First, they were offended by black comedian Kevin Hart for cultural appropriation when his kids had a cowboy Indian-themed party, and now they go after a homosexual white man for wearing an Indian headdress. These are tough times for the offended. They are desperately hoping that a white heterosexual male will put on a Native American garb. And the uh, headdressing example he's referring to is Ricky Martin is accused of cultural appropriation after posting a photo wearing a headdress. That's literally headdressing, isn't it? Yep. Yes. Was, it Katie, was it Katy Perry? Was she the first one? Is that uh, how the term came I about? I think we got the term from some <sighs> B-list celebrity like her, or maybe she's A-list. I have that, no idea. Well, no, wasn't what? that in the Victoria's Secret? No, I don't know. Head. Well, let me just say for the lexicon, headdressing is uh, something a celebrity does that uh, gets an initial uh, an, uh, an initial round of publicity, most of it negative, which then affords the same celebrity to stay in the news by coming back and apologizing for it. For example, wearing a headdress. Yeah, right? I, th- I think it was Katy Perry. Yeah, I think so too. Less than a week after comedian Kevin Hart was met with accusations of cultural insensitivity after throwing his son a cowboy and Indian-themed birthday party, Singer Ricky Martin is being accused of cultural appropriation for wearing a Native American headdress in an Instagram photo. Ah. The Livin' La Vida Loca singer and assassin- <laughs> assassination of Gianni Versace star, who has been at work in the recording studio, struck a pose late Wednesday night while wearing a feathered Lakota headdress and aviator sunglasses. He captioned uh, the picture, What happens in Miami ends up on Instagram. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Uh-huh. It's not clear what vibe Martin was going for, but the comment section lit up with accusations of cultural appropriation and counter arguments about being offended for the sake of being offended. Right. Yeah. Uh, as I see it, there are two ways of being. The first one is getting offended over everything, even though you don't have complete context. Uh, yeah, but who cares? Because I can top that. What do you got? Well... The other day, you had Franklin. Yep. Sitting on his side of the Snoopy Thanksgiving picnic table. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Charles Schultz, of all people, was accused of being a racist. Yes. Word doesn't mean anything anymore. We're going after Rudolph now. No. Yep. We might have to cancel Christmas. The beloved Christmas movie, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. It was just on... Just the other day? Wednesday yeah. night. Uh, I have two young ones in my charge. Uh, I called and made sure they, they watched it. Yep. I didn't know I was sending them down the road of homophobia and racism. No. From now on, we won't let Rudolph play in any reindeer games. And bullying. And bullying. Does, is it Jimmy Stewart's <clears throat> voice that we hear in, in Rudolph? No. Well, are you just doing Jimmy Stewart no, for the, he, to irritate me? That's the uh, that's the reindeer comment. The from now on, we won't let Rudolph play in any reindeer games. And then, of course, there's nobody wants a Charlie in the box. That's the Charlie in the box in the land <laughs> why of misfit toys. Why don't toys. I just finish the story? Yeah. And again, we're going to do this. See my hand? Yeah. 
What does this mean? It means you're trying to start your car and your hand's really low. <laughs> the other day when you did that, why didn't I come back with that? You wanted to go I to a break and you went, hey, hey what does this mean? You're, like, you're trying to start your I, vehicle can, in a really big car. Can I get to the story, please? Yes, Rudy. May, may come I, on, Rudy. May I get to the story? Let's oh, go, Rudy. God, I love Friday. <laughs> No, what have I told you about this I know, business? I know. Mondays have to be as good as Fridays, so get that out of your thick skull. Right, here we go. Moron number two. All right. Yep. The <laughs> beloved Christmas movie, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, has been called out as seriously problematic for its displays of bullying, bullying, racism, homophobia, not to mention verbal abuse, sexism, bigotry, lack of acceptance, and even exploitation of workers. <laughs> Come on. That's what a video courtesy of the Huffington Post declared Wednesday, even calling the protagonist Rudolph the Marginalized Reindeer and its opening montage. Who are these evil people? I don't I, know. How, how can you see? The only thing I... Wrote a Reavers. Yes, sir. Go to... Wah, wah, wah. Go to the Huffington Post and help me put in context what I'm referring to here. You're going to have to give me a minute here. Viewers are noticing the tale may not be so jolly after all, the video's text noted, and they're sharing their observations online. Uh, the holiday TV classic is seriously problematic, the text of the Huffington Post tweet reads. The clip flash screenshots of a couple of tweets that take issue with the Rudolph storyline, with one calling it a parable on racism and homophobia, homophobia, with Santa as a bigoted, exploitative word I can't say on the air, and another accusing Santa's operation of being an HR nightmare that's in serious need of diversity and inclusion training. Did I tell you Mysterians hate people? Yes. Was I right? Uh, yes. Am the, I right? You you are correct. And the only observation that I would um, that I have made over the years is Santa is portrayed as a meanie in this one. I don't care. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I didn't do anything with it, but that's the only thing I ever saw wrong with it. Former fans are pointing out Rudolph's father verbally abuses him, the video text indicates, showing a clip of Donner forcing his son Rudolph to wear a fake nose over his red schnoz in order to gain self-respect. You'll like it and wear it, he hollers at Rudolph. Everybody knows from the Rudolph song that the other reindeer called him names and laughed at him. But in the movie, even the reindeer coach piles on. From now on, gang, we won't uh, let Rudolph join in any reindeer games. Yeah. Bigotry. When a do so, so now Rudolph's been power washed. None of these thoughts, I, I haven't watched it in ages, but as when the kids I used to have were growing up, of course we watched. Yeah. It, Why none did of you these make me go down the road of reading this? Is it, is it as dreadful oh as I think? Oh, my God. What is it's the point? It's also supported by all of the anonymous Twitter users that are pointing out problems using the the, the hashtag of like one woman is upset because one of the the dolls on the Island of Misfit Toys yeah. is a redhead. What's wrong with that? What's wrong oh, with she's that? She's a cute one. She's a ginger. Yeah, we got a ginger on the Misfit Toys. What's wrong with? Well, I'm just looking at the outrage nation. Is I guess now what I'm. But what in what context did the Huffington Post offer this to their uh, viewers? So or they're literally who read them capturing all of these with clips of the show on this. It's dreadful. It's Rudolph. Rudolph should be off limits. Bigotry. When a doe shows interest in Rudolph, despite his red nose, she gets the big old stop sign from her bigot father, who says, "No doe of mine is going to be seen with a red nosed reindeer." That, that never occurred to me as an example of bigotry. Mm -hmm. It's a cartoon. It's a bleeping 
cartoon, you evil, sick people. I am convinced that these people are mentally ill. I am, with each passing day, when I see the power washing that goes on in this country, I'm convinced it's being done by mentally ill people and I'm not being facetious. Mm -hmm. But before we're corrected by offset correspondence, I just want to let you know it's a claymation. It's not a cartoon. Right, I was... Okay, yep. I stand corrected. Yeah. That's what an offset correspondent is. What is it now, about 50 years old? Oh, it's got to be more than that, doesn't it? Uh, 50 is 1960. No, 50. Uh, I was 60s. It's a it, Rankin production. 50 is 1968. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably about 50, don't you think? I'll tell you more later, but I've uh, submitted an interview request with Stephen Moore of the Heritage Foundation. And because I just submitted the interview, I don't know yet if I'll have him. But we share remarkably similar views on many things, uh, but he would have the voice of, of uh, cachet, the voice of credibility. And I would love to ask him, when did this start? When did power washing start? If he hasn't heard of power washing, uh, and we were lucky enough to land him for an interview, I'll describe power washing to him, <laughs> and I'd like to know when it starts. Oh, i got to read this one. I'm not done yet with this story. What did you find? 64. 64. So, so it's 54, 54 years old. Animated fantasy. A woman by the name of Sarah B. on Twitter and Get out the world's smallest violin for this one. Mm -hmm. Every year, the elf throws the bird out of the sleigh without an umbrella, even though earlier the bird said it can't fly. Every year. (laughs) No. That is a messed up person. These are mentally ill people. They really are. It's it's 40 minutes of an animated fantasy. I don't mean to be demeaning of of a serious uh, mental illness. It's a problem. Uh, I don't mean to in any way... Uh, be stigmatizing anyone who is seriously struggling with problems. Uh, so maybe I need to come up with a better term. Uh, Off their rocker. Or is that the how about mentally way? disturbed? Or just let's just say disturbed. Okay. Just disturbed. Yeah, that's, uh, they are. They're disturbed. Sexism. When Rudolph's mom wants to join Donner in search for their son who ran away in shame, he refused and said, no, this is man's work. Ooh. It's claymation, you disturbed people. Well, and if you'll remember, he wanted her to stay home in case Rudolph returned. Somebody had to leave the light on, right? Cell phone, right. Lack of acceptance. All right. Besides the terrible time Rudolph endured from others, I don't think it was that terrible, but I'm not disturbed. Let me stop again, and I'd love to ask if I get my guess that I want. What world do these disturbed people want? A vanilla uh, what 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 version possible of- world? That's why I said yesterday, if if one of the remedies to the uh, to these virtuous scholars we have as St. Paul City Council members, if one of the remedies is to bring in new artists to paint something, what acceptable? Right. Can you imagine how impossibly unimaginative it'll have to be? That's what I'm. That's yeah. We what what world do you want? What what snippet in time are you going to portray? In in the in the halls of the a courthouse, city hall. Lack of acceptance. Besides the terrible time Rudolph endured from others, the movie features an outcast elf who wants to be a dentist. Be a Hermie. And who gets berated? You'll never fit in for such a thought. Not to mention all those misfit toys. Exploitation of workers. 
In the end, Rudolph and friends learn the bitter truth. The video text says before noting that another tweet screenshot, which declares the movie teaches that deviation from the norm will be punished unless it is exploitable. For some reason, the video leaves out the other part of the movie where characters come to realize the error of their ways, at least in the lack of acceptance department, and Rudolph emerges as the hero. All right, who wrote Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Did you find that for me? It shouldn't be difficult. No. shouldn't be difficult. (laughs) I can't take these cups. Oh, isn't it something? Oh, my God. But then you wonder, in all seriousness, Joe, as I'm going through these, because there's a million of them, don't you then wonder, okay, Sarah B. or whoever it is, how do you deal with real issues in the world or in your own personal life? That's a great question. What My if God. Some, what if something seriously uh, presented itself to you? You're, you're this, you have no capacity to deal with it. You're this worked up over a bleeping kids show. Rudolph first appeared in a 1939 booklet written by Robert L. May and published by Montgomery Ward, The Department Store. Mm-hmm. So 1939, Robert L. May. Yep. And then is the TV thing I've, over the years, is that a Disney production or? No, Rankin. That's really neither here nor there, is it? Uh, correct. Uh, it's put out, it's written, that was written by Romeo Muller, the adaptation for uh, the original TV show, uh, narrated by Burl Ives. Rankin and Bass were the producers. Let me so look. it's not Disney-owned. Let me look at something. We wouldn't be the first to do this, but do you want to try an experiment? Sure. What's the next? Uh, I'm going to go to the Is TV. it Frosty? I'm going to go to the TV section here. I can't remember. Is there one on tonight, for example? Th- there's got to be. I can't remember Frosty's, but we have them all re- set to record. So we watch them about 7 million times. Excuse the noise. Yep. Uh, MacGyver's on tonight. They've redone MacGyver. They're ruining it. Uh, All right. While you, look- I'm not. I'm not seeing a uh, any Christmas show on tonight. My point being, should I watch the next one that comes on? <gasps> oh God! And create uh, a list like to, that to create uh, a list of offenses and sins that that show commits. Wait a minute. And then, how would we get that out into the public domain to watch these saps fall for it? I got it. Okay. Tweet it out. Frosty the Snowman. Right. What does he do? Well, he's white, for God's sakes. But he takes the little girl with him. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Well, that's uh, that's uh, Amber Alert. Or even worse. Mm-hmm. I'm just that. You, I guarantee. Takes the hat from the the magician. Of course. Technically not. Now his how? Hat. Now now how did these? Uh, and this is because I'm diametrically opposed to the world of social media. But let's say I pull this off and I, I create this fanciful objection to Frosty the Snowman. How do we get it out into the public domain to the point where it will... It or would vice.com. Get, it were ga- where it would gain traction and people would fall for it and, and sign up, uh, sign on. Mm. Tweet it out social media. That's basically all you can do and hope that a troller is... Let me, uh, let me send a couple emails and see how this would work best. Because I guarantee you I could come up with uh, objections to, I don't care what, even what show it is. All you got to do is make it up because these saps are buying it. These disturbed people fall for this BS. Aren't you almost fearful of doing that, seeing what would happen? 
not fearful of it. I, I suppose what I would just suggest, it would, it would rest my case. Oh, God. That's really sorry. Mm-hmm. Very. Kim on Twitter says, watching Rudolph makes me scared. What? These poor kids. Oh, I. Oh, my God. What? Uh, okay. Before Patrick joins us. Yes. Uh, let, let's wrap up. Can we wrap up this hour right now? Is that about? Yeah, we can Are we that. correct? Yeah, sure. Uh, I sure. mean, in time. Uh, sure. In time. Sure. Sure. Uh, but before that, when we come back to start the second hour, I have a. I have a language a task for rookie. That's why I ask you yeah, how you're your, making me nervous. Your New Zealand accent goes and your Irish accent goes. Okay, I I'll, I'll brush up. I don't know what I'm about to, to do here. If I can perform or not. Don't forget, get over to Fratelloni's Ace Hardware Store. Winter Storm Ralph, I think is uh, or Ted or something is coming. I have no idea. Here's what you do: you bring in your lawnmower to get space in your garage. Have them hang on to it, tune it up for 100 bucks. You don't have to worry about the storage, and you get it back in the spring. And then you say, where's some of that rye? Yeah, can we pop that cap? Maybe not yet. GarageLogic.com is the website where you can find the latest and greatest Greg Holcomb creation, as well as what is the latest on Joe's bookshelf in Author's Corner. You're one click away from more. 